Welcome to Wash Talk, the podcast series from IRC, where we talk about water, sanitation and hygiene services around the world. I'm Jerome Westerbeek. Next to me is Katarina Fonseca. She's the IRC's Head of International Programs. And today we will talk about menstrual health. We'll be talking to Virginia Rove, an independent consultant who has been working on human rights and their practical implementations since 2002. We need to hear male voices as well, because without that, um, it, it seems that it's only a women's issue. And this isn't a women's issue. This is, this is a human issue. We will also look at some examples from Nepal and Kenya. Menstrual health, not many people feel very comfortable talking about this. Nevertheless, it is an important topic, isn't it, Katerina? Yes, menstrual health, it's an issue most people don't think about. Well, actually, half of us does think about it, we just don't talk about it. Periods affect half of the population. In many countries, it affects the freedom to study, to work, to move about the world with basic dignity for half of the population. Think about this. So we have, for instance, free toilet paper, but in many countries there is a vast difference in access to sanitary products. There is also high taxes on tampons and sanitary pads. Um, And so the main question is, why should any woman feel angst about something that happens every single month for most of their lives? Let's talk about this topic with uh, Virginia Rove. Good morning. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah, well, let's first talk about the taboo, because why is there still a taboo on menstrual hygiene? It really is an extraordinary fact, isn't it? That as uh, Katerina has said, half of the world uh, experiences menstruation every month. Uh, We know how to manage it. Uh, We know, we think we know what we're doing. Uh, And yet it is preventing so much in in terms of education and health and and, uh, work opportunities. And why this is the case is, is, is truly puzzling when we look at the world and we see we have strong female leaders such as uh, Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, we have Angela Merkel, we almost had a, had a woman in the White House, uh, and, and yet issues such as menstrual hygiene and menstrual health remain an absolute taboo. If you, if you scratch the surface even slightly and ask people, um, you know, what does it mean to them? What does their menstruation mean to them? Firstly, they'll, they'll brush it off and perhaps won't want to talk about it, but you will often, if you say, well, what happened when you first got your period? You will hear stories of, of, uh, that, that reflect rejection and taboos and, oh, you mustn't talk about that. Um, and so, you know, even between women, you'll often find silence on menstrual health. And it, it has, has an impact on, uh, on longer-term health issues. So people will not actually, women will not complain about the headaches that they have or the pains that they have. Um, and this can have a longer impact on their, on their, um, on their productive health. Yeah. Is, um, this a, is this a global problem? I would absolutely say it's a global problem. Uh, often in the WASH sector, we, we're talking about developing countries and the impact of lack of sanitation and the lack of water. But when it comes to menstrual hygiene and menstrual health uh, and people's uh, menstrual cycles, it is absolutely, a, I think, a global problem. It's, it's um, something that, that is not spoken about uh, freely anywhere in the world. It, or, or this is only just beginning to change of and course, be challenged. Yeah, of course, it's need, it needs to change. Um, is also a policy change needed for this? I would say absolutely. There, there needs to be a change uh, within the way that, within cultures, within the way that women talk about 
their needs and their, and their, not just their health needs, but, but broader than that. But, and this needs to be understood also at the higher levels in, in, within national and local policies. As, um, as Katerina was saying, um, there's often a, a, a tax on um, sanitary products uh, where you won't find tax on, on, on similar necessary Project, products and um, there, there needs to be a policy to uh, to address this and it, perhaps more broadly then in in uh, not, not just relating to, to um, taxes but also to ensuring that there is adequate sanitation in schools to ensure that uh, both boys and girls are educated about sanitation and about uh, menstrual health uh, of women and girls, that there is an understanding of the menstrual cycle and of the, the um, productive, reproductive cycle. But Virginia, you, you mentioned the women leaders and how they can voice some of these issues. What about men? I absolutely believe uh, that men have an absolutely important role to play here. Um, I mentioned the, the female leaders because I think that that shows that we are making progress in terms of uh, the, the women's voice in the world. But in order to make progress on issues such as menstruation and menstrual health, men also need to we need to hear male voices as well, because without that, um, it, it seems that it's only a women's issue, and this isn't a women's issue. This is this is a human issue. Absolutely. Well, thanks for mentioning the gender inclusion. Um, let's talk about an example from Nepal. Radha Padel, she's the president of ActionWorks Nepal, and she's joining us by telephone. Welcome. Thank you. In Nepal, you organize workshops on gender inclusion, gender-based violence, community mobilization, human rights, and menstrual health. What is the major challenge for you within this work? Based on my more than three decades experience on menstrual health management. It is severely neglected everywhere. Even the sustainable development goals has not clearly mentioned about it. There is a huge gap in understanding the importance and urgency of menstrual health management in a discourse of peace building, human rights and empowerment. Regardless of education, class, caste, gender, geography, Nepalese communities are following the varieties of menstrual restrictions across the globe that leads to violence, poor education, low income, disease and often death. Just yesterday, a 21-year-old woman was found dead in Chaupadi. Chaupadi means the place where girls and women had to stay during period and childbirth. So in this connection, a key challenge is lack of ownership of the issue from all sectors. Listening to this story, this is quite a severe story, isn't it? Absolutely. I think that uh, within those who are knowledgeable about, about menstrual health, uh, the example of, of how women are treated, women and girls are treated in, in Nepal is, 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 is certainly one of the, the, the most extreme uh, example of, of, of how difficult it is culturally, uh, socially, and in every part of women's lives, um, the, the, their menstrual cycle yeah. is. So, Radha, how do you try to overcome this in Nepal? There are many ways to overcome, but especially I have been able to engage boys, men, religious leaders, journalists, 
in mineral health campaign at local level at the national level and global level yes this is this is so ingrained in our society i mean it starts with not talking about it in schools while at home and schools and then suddenly when when girls start menstruating they they disappear from from school um and most people don't know about this this darker side of the impact of of periods and menstruation um and i was talking preparing for this podcast i was talking with a friend last night and he was saying well but if it only happens a few days a month why is it such a problem what happens why do girls leave school um can you answer this question hadaha even i am working in nepal and many of my friends are not accepting me they they excluded me they blame me that i am the anti hindu religion i am pro with some political parties so this is how they are seeing me hmm. no no none of the organization uh, educated people or e school or the family like to discuss about it and khada how do you break through how do you i mean you know you talked about how your friends also shun away from you and find it a bit embarrassing how do you break through what kind of message do you bring and how do you bring it i always ask how many days your daughter and wife are living in a cowshed from that kind of question i started to overcome i also go through the some religious uh, books and i also review some eastern philosophy and they are replicating they are applying the western mm. philosophy and the, some hindu religious books let's go to another part of the world let's go to kenya where we talk to uh, neville aquaro welcome yeah thank you so much yeah you work with the wash hub in kenya and you're the focal point for menstrual uh, hygiene management activities what has been your most successful activity so far in kenya one of the key highlights is that in the kenya sanitation and hygiene policy we now have a whole section on menstrual hygiene management okay so and it's been especially we were looking at it it has been taken up to a policy level we we realized that even in the policy uh we, we adopted the three three pronged approach uh breaking the silence on menstruation then we look at safe and hygienic safe and hygienic management of menstruation and lastly disposal so currently what we've done is that we've looked at three these three broad aspects and we are now coming up with the menstrual hygiene management policy the, the example here in Kenya is that it's really taken up to policy level is that something that is still lacking in other countries as well i would say it absolutely is lacking in 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 very many countries i think that uh uh neville is talking uh from from Kenya which is which has uh very progressive policies in many different areas and has some very uh strong actors playing particularly in in menstrual health and uh i think that this this will really demonstrate as this policy is implemented uh how important um menstrual health is to to uh, improvements in in sanitation and in access to uh, sanitation in in all areas of people's lives yeah, but, but uh, it is certainly an unusual case and i think that uh, many countries can learn yeah. but what i must add is it has actually given us that impetus that really it's important for us to talk about menstruation because it involves the private sector it involves government and not just the ministry of health 
but also Ministry of Water, Ministry of Education, all of them are involved in the process. But you are the focal point for the menstrual hygiene in Kenya. Um, how is it for you as a man to be this focal point? Because, um, you know, it's still a topic with a huge taboo. Uh, for a start, it was, it was really tough, especially talking about women issues. But later on, I realized that this is a normal biological process. And at this time, we've trained, we've trained about 64 uh, tra trainers of trainers on menstrual hygiene management. And I'm happy to report that out of the 64, about 35 were men. So right now, we are, we've gotten to a point that men, and especially men who are in positions of leadership, are in the process of talking about menstruation, mainstreaming menstruation at their workplaces because we chose uh, the county public health officers, those who are in charge of public health in the various counties. And at this time, they're actually doing a lot. So if we, if we just heard the example from Nepal, we heard the example from Kenya. Um, there's a huge gap in between, uh, isn't it? I, I really feel there is still so much to be done uh, with regards to menstruation. Uh, if only, for instance, in our case in Kenya, as much as we've gotten to that policy level, uh, we, are, we are yet to see uh, the government coming out so strongly and funding menstrual hygiene activities. The closest the government has done is zero rating products. That was in 2013. Then zero rating menstrual hygiene products. Then at the same time, uh, the government has been um, giving out sanitary uh, sanitary pads to girls in primary primary schools. But this really has not solved the issue of managing menstruation. So uh, the greatest gap we are actually seeing in Kenya is the government has not come out so strongly. And we believe that by committing the government to the development of the policy, then it will mean that the government will be mandated now to undertake uh, menstruation activities, menstrual hygiene management activities in each and every county in Kenya. For, Virginia, um, we heard the two examples from Kenya, from Nepal, two completely different worlds, isn't it? It, it really is. Uh, two different, two, in, in my sense, it's two different, two different worlds. But I think that the message that we're getting from from both countries is that there is uh, still a lot to be done in terms of, uh, of simply breaking the taboo and putting the right policies in place. So uh, what we've heard from uh, Rada is very much that we need to be talking to not just to the women and the girls, but also to the political leaders, or the religious leaders. What we hear from uh, Kenya is, is is similar. It's about breaking the taboo. It's about breaking the silence. About encouraging people, all people, to, to be more open about uh, menstruation generally, uh, to be uh, better educated about menstruation and, and what the produ uh, reproductive cycle is. Um, I think that w we can see that maybe there are extremes, different extremes uh, uh, in, in, in how um, uh, on cultural norms, but I think that the, the methods for managing and for, for um, improving the situation are, are absolutely uh, the same. Okay, thank you very much, Virginia Rove. Um, Katerina, to, to wrap up, what are the most important takeaways from this episode? 
It was a very interesting conversation. Thank you to all the speakers as well. So my main takeaways points are that well, we all know, but it's always good to reinforce it. Periods are a normal biological process. We should not be ashamed of them. And we can start talking more about it. We can talk, talk with also with the women, but mainly with uh, men in positions of power, with religious leaders. Um, so it becomes less of a taboo. In development work, we can't ignore it. You need, we need to make sure that it's part of our WASH programs, water and sanitation hygiene, education programs, health programs. We need to start planning for it. And we can also lobby uh, for government support to have the right policies, no taxation or limited taxation on um, uh, pads and tampons, the availability, making sure some of these products are available in schools, in workplaces, uh, and actually start changing part of the education curricula. But my, yeah, my final point, and also drawing on my personal experience, if you are a father... Please do hug your girl when she gets her period. Give her a hug. Don't make her feel ashamed. That's my, my last takeaway. I will remember that for the... <laughs> well, at least it will take some time. I hope another 12 years before I have that conversation. But thank you so much for, for, for joining us. Um, that's it for this episode of Wash Talk. If you have any comments or questions about anything you've heard, please get in touch with us. You can do this through our website, ircwash.org slash washtalk, or on Twitter at ircwash using the hashtag washtalk, or you can also find us on Facebook. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast was brought to you by IRC, an international think and do tank that works towards finding long-term solutions to the global crisis in water, sanitation and hygiene service, mainly in rural areas.